0: This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we are coming out of a great week where we gathered with around 60 Pastors from around the country for our Replicate Collective live gathering here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, uh, Long Hollow. It was a great time. So we just thought we would talk a little bit about what we learned, what we experienced. Pastor, uh, I'd love for us to end our, our time with you just sharing some of uh, the talk you gave to the pastors uh, on Thursday. I just heard feedback after feedback of of uh, from guys that – learned and benefited so much from that talk but did you have a good time last week oh it was
1: awesome and in fact i uh i think we benefited more the, or as much as the guys who participated no with doubt. us um it just I, i'm i'm convinced and i think everyone who was there at the collective gathering this is the answer I think, for a lot of the challenges pastors, ministers, leaders are facing in the church today. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things we'll highlight why this was so helpful for us and the people involved. But let's just talk a little bit about what the collective is, because I think we've never talked about it on the podcast. And um, it's it, not it's not really
0: this live event. That right. was just a gathering in person of what happens all the time. Yeah. So once a month, uh, you are on a Zoom call with what do we call them? Experts, thought leaders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess we don't call. I don't them know experts. experts. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but thought leaders. That's yep. good. Uh, Kerry Newhoff, J.D. Greer. Derwin Gray. Who are some of the others? Pete Scazzaro. David Platt. Uh, Platt.
1: We've got Matt Chandler coming up. We have Eric Geiger. We have R.T. Kendall.
0: So someone new every month where you just sit down and have a conversation with them. Sometimes it may be about a book that they've just released or are finishing. Other times it's just about a topic that's near and dear to their hearts and you just get to ask questions and we get to sit in on
1: that conversation. It's a great great time um let me tell you how i came up with that yeah how did you okay how how did that idea come about because this was the the seed that started the idea and then chris obviously the team helped flesh it out but this was the first idea i was at a convention or conference years ago and when i go to an event and david platts there when we go to the southern Baptist convention for the first couple years uh, we would try to find a time to meet it would either be in his hotel room or be for breakfast or something where we could get away and just catch up. And so I remember one of those times sitting with David for about 45 minutes and just no agenda off the cuff, just talking about life and ministry and challenges and insights and books he was reading. And, you know, I'm, as usual, writing notes on my, on my notes app on the phone and just David just, You know, dropping bombs. bombs. Yeah, golden (laughs) gospel bombs. I'm like, wow, how does he say it like that? Well, man, I never thought about that. So I left and came back to Candy, my wife, and I said, man, Candy. She said, how was it? I said, it was unbelievable. I said, if the average or just pastor had access to that conversation, I said, it would be life changing. And there was no agenda. It was just two friends talking. Well, that started this idea. What if we create an environment? where just with relationships I personally have or just even ones I don't have. I mean, I'm, I'm reaching out to guys at this point. I, I, some of them I don't even know. But just having an, a point of access where pastors can get on a Zoom call listen to two guys talk for about 30 minutes, and then ask that person questions for the remainder of the 30 minutes. Yeah. So that's kind of the the centerpiece of the collective. But that's not the only piece or well, even the most important piece. I was going to say not to offend
0: anyone in the room. Right. Sorry, Pastor. Me, yeah. I love that. I love the monthly uh, thought leader call. Yes. But it's not my favorite part. Yeah, well, yeah. What is your favorite part? no part no no offense well, to you. I'm saying I'm again t- I, love I set that it up I, I love that part yeah but I think the secret sauce as of the collective are with the other three weeks of the month and what happens even in between those calls and that is the interaction between guys at different churches so mm, the good, other three right. weeks of the month um we have we divide everyone into huddles. And I don't even know how many of you guys are in the collective now, like 80 or 90? 86, I think, 86. 87, yeah. Oh, okay, 87. Uh, so we divide into huddles, and it's typically around either position or church size. Like I lead two huddles, and one is uh, executive pastors, and the other is lead pastors. Uh, and each week we have time of prayer together, but then we have about 40 minutes where each guy, two men each week, are called the man in the middle, and mm. they're able to bring a topic that they're struggling with or that they want feedback on. Mm. And in mine, of course, it's different. Being ex- in the executive pastor group, they'll ask, like, hey— what do y'all do for uh, health insurance? <laughs> and then we'll have a riveting con, uh, conversation about health insurance for twenty minutes. Tantalizing XP conversation. Yes, yeah. the lead pastors do not talk about health insurance. No, but they talk about. I remember last last week or two weeks ago, we were in the middle of a conversation about excommunication when one of the guys, Joy, did, and we were like, "Oh boy." First time? First time. Oh, my gosh. He's yeah. joining it. But one pastor was, was faced with a very difficult issue in the church, and he was just asking these other brothers, hey, here's what I'm faced with. Have you, any of you ever been faced with this? And wow. what did you do? And please give me
1: some advice. What should I do? That is the secret sauce for me yeah. for the collective. Well, and it's more than that, though, because – and that's part of it. But out of that larger huddle gathering – there are smaller accountability groups that will encourage and text throughout the week. That's There's true. goal setting and holding you responsible for the goals you're setting. Here, here's what, what we realize. Most, if you're a minister or even a, 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 a Christian, you can say at this point, a disciple of Christ, but mostly ministers, pastors, when you get out of seminary or when you start pastoring or have a first ministry assignment, you really stop growing and developing as a leader. Mm. And partly it's not your fault because you're out of a, a school environment, you're out of an educational um, uh, kind of experience or, or educational platform where you're growing and being held. And being held, graded. Yeah, yeah, and you got, you got deadlines and things like that. Um, I remember one of the hardest things about uh, the PhD. Mm. I remember early on they would tell us this. At the beginning of the semester, they said, this is going to be where most of you drop out. I thought, oh, that's encouraging. And yeah, they, thanks a lot. Yeah, and they tell you this right early on. At the orientation, they say um, they say 75% of the people who actually start the process will not finish.
0: 75?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 75%. What? No, it gets even better. It gets even better. And 50% of the people who start a PhD, or 50% of the people who finish all of the classwork Mm -hmm. of the PhD program, 50%, will not write the dissertation. It's a term. It's so common. It's a term called ABD. 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 All but dissertation. Now, it's a fascinating, it's an interesting uh, group of men and women out there. and You find them. You're like, wow. Uh, I, and, and I know a lot of them because, I mean, unfortunately, because I went to school with some of them. And I'll see them at conventions or conferences. Hey, man, when did you finish school? I actually didn't. I'm like, what happened? Well, the seven-year period. This was a seven-year period. You and you after- have to write. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a deadline. It's a terminal deal where seven years, it's over. And so they say, well, my time's elapsed. What? Yeah, I did all the work. Passed all the classes, wrote all the papers, read all the books, did the oral exams, the middle exams, the qualifying exams, but I never wrote and finished the dissertation. Now, here's the million-dollar question. I didn't have that problem. Really? No. I, I'll never have that problem. Oh, because you, did, yeah, you didn't. didn't even start. Why even start? Why, yeah, why even yeah, start? Yeah, yeah. Most are going to fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The percentages are not in my favor. <laughs> it's probably a terrible attitude yeah, to have it may be about a bad to attitude. any difficulty. Okay, things. now here's a million-dollar question, though. The question is, why didn't you finish? Mm. Okay. Cause that was the question I was asking. Why didn't they finish? And here's why, what they say is, and, and I felt it too. When you're in school and you have deadlines and you're around a, a class group environment of brothers and sisters who are going the same direction and yeah. have the same goal and motivate each other daily. When you don't want to do the paper, they're like, bro, you're up next week. You got to, let me help you. and Let me do some research. But when you get all of your classwork done You basically are on an island by yourself, mostly in ministry, mostly assigned to a pastoral role, mostly away from the school, not by the library, on your own dime motivation. Mm. And what happens is You basically keep kicking it down the field because no one's holding you accountable. Mm. In a sense, that's where most of you are in the ministry today. You have gotten to a place where you finished the classwork, and now it's finishing, you know, getting to the finish line, and you don't have any motivation. You have no accountability. You have nobody speaking in your life. You have nobody asking you to finish deadlines. And the collective, if you think of it, is more of the educational environment where you're around brothers, you're holding each other accountable, you're all going the same direction. We're excited because we're in the same tribe. We want to better ourselves. The conversations are enriching. When you say, I almost feel like it's that way.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's it's cool that everybody has the common denominator of wanting to to be part of a disciple-making movement. So you have that as this commonality, this common bond between everyone. But we've talked a lot about how it has a sense of you all being on the same church staff together, like the whole huddle or the whole collective in some way. And we get some of that at Long Hollow because we have a a larger staff, and so we have camaraderie and accountability and challenge and friendship. And um, that's not most churches most churches are smaller and there's a few people on staff i sat with the guy around the fire the other night and he said it's me and two other staff members one is full time yeah but he was talking about how enriching the conversations and the the camaraderie he's gotten from the guys but one thing that stood out to me last week is we were getting together in person for the very first time most most of the the guys um, it felt like we'd known each other all our lives mm. because we see each other every week. Yeah. Um, and we, now I know one uh, guy in my huddle, Ryan, uh, came and I, I told Ryan, you are way taller in person than you are on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great, but it was so cool to see people in person. That you feel like you know, and this is the first time you've ever been around them physically.
1: Okay. Let's hold that. Cause I want to unpack that. Cause I did talk with some guys at the, at the uh, collective about that. So when we come back, I want to pick that up. And I also want to share a personal story. A guy told me okay. about the impact of the collective for the church pastor of less than a hundred that meet weekly on Sunday morning. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. We will create a catalytic clarity. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders. And you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to ReplicateCollective.com. ReplicateCollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. We're talking about a live event that we had
0: last week for the Replicate Collective, and so I think we've turned this entire episode uh, into a little bit of an infomercial for the Collective. That's not our intent, though. I think we want to emphasize, Pastor, wouldn't you say, the importance of brotherhood, of accountability, of challenge, of being a lifelong learner, all of those things. Uh, Before the break, you said you wanted to talk about this idea. I was just saying of how strange and cool it was at the same time to meet men for the first time in person, and yet you felt like you've known them a long, long time. It was very Interesting. And maybe just this is the world we live in now. Yes. Technology has brought us closer and I have friends now in Kansas and Alabama, uh, in Arkansas and in New York, all, all over the country that I meet with virtually every week. And now
1: I met in person last week. Yeah. So the question we asked is one guy posed to me, what are you guys doing to reach a digital world? you know, what, what are you guys doing? And, uh, I say, well, this is a pretty debated concept and, and, and there's a lot of passion with the, with the topic, but I will say this. I said, I just asked him the question. I said, you tell me as the recipient or the beneficiary of this process, when you met these guys for the first time in person, did you feel like you had known them for a long time? They said, Oh yeah, yeah. One guy even said his pastor came with him who's not in the collective, remember this? And he said to him after he had connected with guys for the first time in yeah. person, he's like, Man, you went to college with these guys? Yeah, how do you know these yeah, guys? Yeah, you know these guys. He's like, No, I just met these guys six months ago. <laughs> what? He's like, But I've been on a call on Zoom every week for six months. Well and not just
0: being on the call, but you're talking about ministry and life like
1: They're in the trenches. You feel like you're in the trenches together. Yeah. So people who say you can't have community online or on Zoom, I think part of that is generationally. I find that the guy who's normally pushing back, and I even told those guys this. I said, if you're my age or older, you're normally going to push back on that because it's very hard for you to understand that world. For our kids, Griffin and Rig and Ryder and Carter, they have no problem. They haven't been raised in a world where they hadn't seen a face through technology of a family member on a phone well
0: and sometimes that person questioning that has never experienced it for themselves
1: yes our kids have and now we're starting to as well well I would say if you're a gamer not to go down the Chris Swain gaming road like we used to go down but if you're a gamer Colin you're a gamer you have a community of friends online that probably know you better than a lot of people you work with in the cubicle or office down the down the hall. And I would say the same for you listening. You probably know the people you game with. You know more about their family, their life, their struggles, their highs, their lows than the guy who is in the office down the hall from you. So that's a whole other conversation for another day. But let me give you... Let me give you a story about uh, the collective that I think will encourage pastors. Two stories, and then next week, when we have time, I really want to unpack what the Lord put in my heart yeah. to share with them. So if you didn't go to the collective live event, I want to share with you the insight or or the truth the Lord put in my heart to share with them um, personally. And, and l- let me just,
0: we've been talking about the benefits a lot. Last week, we tried to plan an event that was less teaching and more community, more mm. about relationship. Yeah. And so we had time of worship and prayer, and you led a chapel time. We did have a training hour or two, but we spent a lot of time providing space for conversation around fire, around food, uh, around golf. We tried to, but it got too cold. Axe so throwing. Axe throwing. Just hanging, yeah. It just hanging out. And so at – some of these times you got to talk to some of the men and hear some of their their stories. Why don't you share
1: a couple of those? yeah, so uh two stories come to mind um, when we finished the 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 last the last time together, and I've talked to some guys since then, we culminated the time of the weekend with a worship time. We tried to recreate what it was like. For uh, one of our prayer nights when the revival was really intensified here at Long Hollow. So we had Andy Williams, our worship pastor, come in, lead a song. I led a teaching time, but it really wasn't a lot of teaching. It was more of a body life service, as some call it, where I gave the mic to the group. And I said, hey, tell me what you've learned uh, over the last six to eight months. Give me an insight God's uh, revealed to you over the weekend. Or what's a, what's a course correction that you've seen in your life, ministry, or family that you've benefited from and what you, what you can share with the group? And, man, they just went on and on. It got so long, Colin. We had to, you remember, we had to shut it down after like 45 minutes. We're like, all right, guys, we could – be here all day we but could some flights all to day yes yeah. exactly but and then we finish with uh, i finished with a story and i've shared it before of the lesson i learned uh i just recently shared it at uh, liberty about how god will share the stage with no one and i told the guys i said listen the, the blood clot to revival in your church may be you i know it was me personally mm. and i said i'm going to give you an opportunity to come and worship and really get before the lord now let me just kind of give you the backstory. Two days before when the, when the, when the conference start, when the retreat started, the ending challenge I gave them, every man in the room, I said, I want to challenge you for the next two days to spend one hour, one hour in silence and solitude before the Lord. No phone, no devices, um, no computer, a Bible, a journal, and the Holy Spirit. That's it. You, you, a Bible, a journal, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to sit in silence. And so I said, I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but I just want you to do it. And so I want you to press in and encounter silence. So that was the challenge on the front end. So here we were on the back end, and I just challenged the guys to come and just bow before the Lord. And it was just a moving Time. We could sense the presence of the Lord there. I know I could and guys were just crying out to the Lord and praying and in a posture of prayer and humility. We prayed over the group before we sent them out. And when I finished when I finished, I walked off the platform and two different guys came up to me. The first guy let me start with the second, the first one, I'll finish with the first. The second guy came up to me and, and there was a bunch of guys came up to me, but these were the two stories I remembered. Guy comes up to me, he says, Hey, I'm a pastor of a church of less than a hundred. He said, this is my first church. I've been at the church nine months. That's it. He said, and I've already talked to this guy a little bit about his church. He said, as you know, this church is – it could be a disaster at times. He said, I've inherited a mess. Okay. And he said, but I want you to know, I got in the collective eight months ago. So literally right after I took the job as the pastor, I got Mm -hmm. in the collective. He said, let me tell you what the collective means to me. He said last week, a staff member came in with his wife and admitted that he was texting inappropriately a teenager in the church. He said, I never dealt with this, didn't know how to navigate this. I prayed with him, counseled him, and said I'll follow up with him. When I dismissed him, I had a choice. I could either, like most pastors, go online, research, look up books, articles, what to do with this, or I could call my collective huddle. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was, he said, we weren't meeting that week because we were coming to this live event. He said, so I texted the huddle guys and said, do you guys have a moment to meet to help me navigate what's happening? He said, the guys dropped everything immediately. He said, within an hour or two, they all gathered. Everyone one of them got on a call, face a Zoom call. He said, and one by one, they helped me walk through this challenging issue, which at the end I felt confident in order to deal with it biblically, spiritually, emotionally. He said, Robbie, thank you for reaching out and allowing guys of churches our size mm. to have a seat at this table. It's making a difference. Mm. And I thought, wow. And And I would say what? are churches of 200 or less, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Maybe? Probably.
0: And how many guys like him have a group of other pastors they can go to and say, hey, guys, I need prayer,
1: I need wisdom, can you help me? Well, and here's what's funny. The guy standing next to him listening to the story was a guy a little older than me, and I turned to him and I said, I don't know your background much, I said, but I would say at his age, he was in his early 20s, this guy was in his late 40s. I said, at his age, did you have access to a think tank group of pastors and leaders like this? He said, no way. I said, would it have changed? He said, it would have benefited greatly, and I didn't have that. I want to save the next story for for next week, and the next story has to go with the talk I gave. Okay. Because when I gave the talk, I gave a challenge, and this pastor, who's my around my age, came up to me after in tears mm. and basically says to me at the end of it, Pastor, this is the first time I have worshiped the Lord truly since 2008. Well, I want to hear more of that story,
0: but we'll have to do that next time. As usual, our conversation has run longer than we anticipated, but that's good because now I can't wait for next week. Hey, the takeaway for today is that if you do not have Um, men or if you're a lady, other females in your life that are encouraging you and challenging you and holding you accountable to do the things that you say God has called you to do, a group that you can go to for wisdom and prayer, then find that group. Um, If it is the collective, that's great. You can go to replicatecollective.com to learn more about um, what we have, the structure we've created, and how to be a part of it. But if it's not, then find some other uh, faithful brothers or sisters in your town, or that you know from seminary or school, that you can start to meet with weekly and develop this healthy rhythm of continuing to learn and grow with brothers and sisters. Hey, we hope that the conversation today has been helpful for for you. I know we've had a good time having it. Uh, if you like this podcast, then every anywhere you listen, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify or wherever it is, uh, do us a favor and subscribe. Like the podcast. It will help others find it as they're searching for topics uh, that might they might be needing help with or just hear another perspective on. We'll be praying for you. You pray for us. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.